headlines from the night in sports as DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. You know, part of this is going to be eliminating competitive balance issues. And so, like, that means, and, and this is a memo that went out to everybody in the league last week, it's either going to have to be everybody's at home or everybody can use their team facilities. Right. And I'm just here to tell you, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a state official. There is no way on God's green earth that every single NFL team is going to be able to congregate in their team facilities right. in two and a half weeks. So this is going to be at home. And like you said, there are issues that they're going to have to work through here. I mean, the IT people have suddenly become some the most important people in those buildings. Albert Brewer, NFL Network right there. The NFL Draft will, in fact, be in a virtual format. Roger Goodell, league memo, sent it out. They're not going to open club facilities. But later this month, we are going to have something that resembles normal sports. It's not a game, but it's a draft. But... It's popular at any time. I expect it'll be very popular now, especially uh, here. We got a little more, a little more interest in it because we're going to see so many guys who played for the local schools get drafted. The Utes are going to load up here, and uh, going to be a bunch of those guys. Oh yeah, seventeen Utes probably, if not twenty-five. I mean, come on, Dave. Who was the one who said that? You kind of slurred over that. Yak, who was that? Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated. That's what I said. Except it said oh, NFL okay. Network. Sports Illustrated. Yeah, you got to be correct, Dave. I've been sh- I'm preaching to you to be correct. Your draft is big, yeah. What, what quarterbacks are going to go in the first round? Now, what offensive linemen? I haven't heard of half of them. But everybody's all hyped up on quarterbacks and receivers and what Alabama guys and LSU defensive backs and all that stuff. And then we've got the local guys and Jordan Love expect to go in the first round. Yeah, that's a big deal. That'll be great. We're starved for sports news, and that's one right there. So... Right on. Three of the first six picks should be quarterbacks if everybody's right about how this is going to break. Uh, one, five, and six. Ought to, be, ought to be making their move. Chargers have the sixth pick. Expected to take the third quarterback. Rams and Chargers are going to be part of uh, HBO's Hard Knock series. Going to help sell those teams in L.A. to the fan bases there that have gotten used to watching the best games in the league for 20 years. And now we're getting the Rams and Chargers every week. And I think the NFL probably didn't like the look when visiting teams take over those stadiums. It was happening with the Chargers when they were in the soccer stadium there. The Rams with the, the Niners came to town. And, man, the Niners must have put like 40,000 people in the uh, Coliseum. They're getting their own stadium this year, so if there are training camps this summer, then HBO's Hard Knocks will feature those two teams. Wow, that's way cool. They're used to getting the best games every week. So what you're telling me is they're not used to getting the Broncos every week. Ah. I'm moving I'm moving to L.A., man. I'm I waiting. knew there was a reason. I'm waiting to see if it's going to change the Raiders. It won't happen quickly. It won't happen immediately, but over time. Uh, Bobby Wagner, Eric Weddle, honored on the NFL's All-Decade team, a Utah State linebacker and a Utah defensive back. How about that, PK? The best in the business. And we watched him in college right here. That's great, but the All-Decade team is something at arbitrary. Suppose you came in and in, uh, in 2018 and you are really good, or 2017. I mean, that's nice, but whatever. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. 
Utah sophomore Luke Gotch will declare for the 2020 NBA draft according to reports, but will maintain his college eligibility while testing the waters, getting feedback from NBA teams. Wonder what it is that uh, he wants to hear. Dave Rose says one thing that's hurt college basketball is not just losing all oh, you've been losing first-rounders for a long time, and now a lot more underclassmen seem to accept that a second-round pick is good enough. But the two-way contracts have opened up 60 more professional jobs, and some guys have been leaving those figuring, hey, I'm going to make 175 grand and play basketball full-time. <laughs> Got any? How many, of the, how many of those guys do that? 60. I mean, every team has two <laughs> spots. I don't know. Maybe yeah, everyone doesn't, doesn't fill both spots, but 50 well, anyway. I would well, think more teams fill them that, than don't. We don't know that every single team is doing that with guys who leave early. Some of them could be seniors, yes. But I, I think the, I think if you charted, a lot of them are underclassmen. I don't know. We'll get Dave Rose on and we'll talk to him because they suspect he's charted it. We'll see what Booth Gotch does because one of the keys for Utah was getting everybody back. And obviously... He'd be a significant loss. Sure, but why not go and see what they say about you? You got oh, nothing yeah. to lose. Right. I would support that. Yeah. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. The short answer is no. And interestingly enough, I think if you and I on March 12th had been asked that same question, both of us would have said it's hard to imagine that three plus weeks later, we wouldn't have a better understanding of where we are. And in fact, when we initially shut down, we were calling it a hiatus or a pause. There was a notion of 30 days because there wasn't any of the widespread view that at that point that our country would in essence be entirely shut down. That's the commissioner, Adam Silver. TNT's Ernie Johnson interviewed him on NBA's Twitter page. So May 1 will be the next time he'll try to make a decision. Gathering information until then. So if that's May 1, kick the can down the road a little bit. I don't think any of us find that surprising, though. At this point, he's right, I guess, about three weeks ago. But at this point, did you think you were going to hear anything before May 1 anyway? No, but I thought that was an outstanding interview. Uh, talking about what's out in front and talking about how important sports are. Uh, yeah, I listened to that thing twice. I, I listened to it the first time, and the second time I took notes because I knew we'd be talking about it. I thought it was a great interview. And how about old Adam Silver at 57? His wife's going to have a kid next month. Oh, old Adam, man, a late bloomer, but getting the job done. Utah Jazz General Manager Justin Zanuck interviewed for the Chicago Bulls Executive Vice President for Basketball Operations job, according to reports. The Bulls. And the Knicks get a lot of uh, run for being poorly run, but the Bulls, what have they really pulled off in the last 20 years since uh, since Jordan retired? 22 years, I guess, now. You want to be the guy who turns the Bulls around? Yeah, they had something going there with Derrick Rose, and then he got hurt and wasn't the same as now toiling in Detroit. So I think they've been a little bit better than the Knicks have been. But, yeah, they have been uh, most recently here. It seems like they've gotten a bunch of picks, and they made a bunch of trades, but it doesn't seem like anything has made any form of a difference. So if uh, Jay-Z wants to go over there, and I believe he went to uh, Northwestern, which is over there for college, so uh, somewhat of home. Is he from? He's from the from the area, not from the city, I think. So if he thinks that that's what he wants, and he gets offered the job. Great. I'm sure he's not happy that the news got out that he's interviewed, but it's the way the world works these days. 
They've been to one playoff series in four years. They have won two playoff series in the last eight years. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball and its players increasingly focused on a plan that would allow them to start the season in early May. Plan reportedly has the support of high-ranking federal public health officials who think the league can safely operate amid the coronavirus pandemic. 30 teams playing games at stadiums, no fans, all in the greater Phoenix area. They could use the Arizona Diamondbacks field. They could use 10 spring training facilities. There's some other nearby fields they could use. Players would live in relative isolation, travel only to and from the stadium, from the local hotels where they would be sequestered. They would be playing, be apart from their families, no real travel. Everyone focused in Phoenix. This is uh, kind of a cousin to the NBA going to Las Vegas, PK. Yeah, um, Locke and I were talking about this last Friday, and he texted me last night at about a quarter to 11 on it that uh, we had discussed this, that this is a possibility. And if the medical folk sign off of it and all the officials and all that stuff, yeah, that would be awesome. The Phoenix area has enough stadiums. There's no question about it because all the new stadiums for spring training that have been built are outstanding. Plus, you got the Sun Devils play where uh, Oakland A's used to train. That's a stadium, and, and that's a first-class college facility, obviously. And then you got the Diamondbacks ballpark. The only thing is, as how long would it go? Because you get into June, assuming all the health stuff is taken care of. Gets really the only hot. Thing. Yeah, I mean, you get to, they'd obviously have to play night games. I played summer league ball there every year and places like Phoenix College where they had lights. And it does get really hot, but you're not having fans there. So that would mitigate it to a degree. But certainly here, very, very soon, it's gonna, the temperatures are going to start to spike big time. So they'd have to handle that. But if they could pull this off, that'd be great. No players in the dugouts, players in the stands, spread out, sitting six feet apart. One thing they're planning. All right, DJ and PK, what is trending? It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up next, Adam Kilgore, national sports reporter for the Washington Post, wrote a story on the NFL that we might not have team sports until 2021. What he's been told, what he's heard, that's next. Mike Weir, Masters champ at 8 o'clock. Stay with us on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The, 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 big show. the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. For the athletic, he is Chris Camerani. Right now, the Pac-12 South has a clear leader, in my opinion. I think it's USC, and then I think it's ASU. I think Utah can compete with those guys. I would slide Utah into third right now in the South. This is how crazy it is. Utah is replacing nine guys on defense, and we haven't even talked about the quarterback position. This was just a year not to have this thing happen. I mean, if this happened last year, Utah's fine. They had question marks at, like, linebacker and then the corner spot opposite Jalen Johnson. Otherwise, were fine. This year, they're going to have the youngest team that Kyle Whittingham has had at Utah in 26 years as a coach. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, time to talk with Adam Kilgore, national sports reporter for the Washington Post. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. We make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Adam, good morning. 
Hey, good morning. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Hope you guys are all uh, staying safe, staying staying sane out there. We are. We're we're uh, social distancing even on radio. PK's on remote. I'm in studio. It's weird doing the show, not uh, you know yakking away during uh, commercial breaks. Our producer Jake stays in the next studio, so uh, we're doing what we can. It's uh, we we are. What caught our eye was the uh, story that you have in the Washington Post. People can see it online. Uh, no team sports until 2021. Now, at the same time, we're hearing basketball and baseball trying to do something that wouldn't match any normal definition of what they do, moving to Vegas or Phoenix. Possibly that will work out. We'll have to play. What, what were you told that got you started on this story? Um, you know, basically just sort of kind of reading the tea leaves got me wondering and wanting to ask um, you know, some public health people and, and try to touch base with some leagues about sort of what they were thinking. Um, it just just seemed like you know as much of you want to have you want to try to plan for and hope for sports to return. There's just so many hurdles and so many or so so many unknowns um, that you know I think it's uh, it just seemed like the right time to sort of you know almost like remind people that um, you know you you know it's it's good to have optimism if you want to, but that you should prepare for the possibility that um, you know. It's, we won't have sports for the rest of the year, maybe until there's a vaccine. You know, that's not um, that's no more written in stone than you know the idea of like playing football in the fall is. But certainly, but I just think that anyone who sort of uh, expresses the confidence that we're going to have sports back soon um, by any specific date at this point, I, I think um, you know even Adam Silver said in an interview uh, last night or two nights ago. I think it was last night. You know that he he feels like he knows less about where the NBA is headed now than he did three weeks ago, um, and I think that's a pretty honest and, and pretty realistic way to look at it. It's just there's so much we don't know about the virus, about um, you know what 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 effects our sort of societal restrictions are having on it, um, on what will happen next. Um, so all of those unknowns, at, you know, sort of leave you uh, with no certainty about you know when sports will return, other than. I think we can say with some confidence that sports would be, um, you know, among the very last things to come back just because of the nature of what they are. You have, you know, the competitors are close to each other, breathing on each other, sweating on each other. If you have, you know, trying to get fans back in arenas, that's an issue. Even even putting all the support staff and athletes and coaches and everybody in one small confined area uh, raises issues. So um, anyway, you know, long, long-winded answer there, but, you know, basically, um, you know, just to sort of say like, you know, uh, don't get too hopeful or, you know, too out in front, you know, putting the cart in front of the horse as far as sports coming back. I mean, we just don't, we just don't know and probably won't know for a while. Well, let me get a tissue and wipe the tear away from my eye and then I'll it's ask things, you man. a question. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, with all that in mind, the NFL draft is going to go on and it's going to be obviously the most unusual draft. Guys are going to be in their pajamas, I guess. Uh, the NFL draft, obviously, it's a huge, massive thing spread over a few days, and you know everyone looks forward to it. If we don't know who the offensive linemen are, we know who the quarterbacks and receivers and the latest stars from the SEC, and then whoever your local guys are, and we've got several out here. I'm wondering for you, with the new way that it's going to be done, how are you going to cover it? Well, that's the easiest part. I mean, no differently than I would have otherwise. You know, I mean, I never, I, I don't think we'd send someone to, to the actual draft in years just because uh, when you're there, you're not really getting 
you know, you're not seeing anything. You know, you can, you know, on, if you're watching on TV, you know, you're in a better position to like, you know, reach out to people who might be able to help you uh, with information. And you know, you can see all the interviews on TV. It's like, um, so yeah, that's like the last thing. <laughs> that's like the least effective. Is you know, I don't, I don't think it'll make any difference at all for. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll be less of a spectacle for sure for for people watching or for people covering it. Um, but that that'll be the the one of the things that's like well, the only thing that's not effective. Which why I, I do think it makes sense for the NFL to just go ahead and do the draft. Like um, there'll be some it'll be different for the teams, but I don't think it's going to like you know prevent them from uh, executing the draft or even having that much less success than they do. And it's not like you know the NFL teams or in any sport executives are like constantly crushing every draft pick. You know, they, they're going to make mistakes regardless of what the information is uh, because it's going to be imperfect no matter what. So um, yeah, I, you know, there's no reason for the NFL not to go ahead with the draft and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and what, what, what the differences are. We're joined right now by Adam Kilgore, national sports reporter for the Washington Post. He's got a story that caught our eye about no team sports until 2021. And I was curious because we've all seen, uh, you know, there's a couple, three medical people who people see on TV all the time. And the line that seems to be getting the most uh, momentum here is you don't make the timeline and you doesn't matter if you're, you know, a politician, a sports fan or a commissioner of a league you don't make the timeline the virus does when you talk to all the people um you know who are really preeminent in in healthcare and public health and all that is there any acknowledgement that even they are wondering what the timeline is that there's surprises out there even for them and with all their education oh absolutely yeah no i mean i think that's one thing that um is, is that's one of the big suppliers of like skepticism is that even the smartest people in the world who are studying this, um, there's just not enough data for them to create accurate, reliable models. I mean, they can they can do, you know, I think that's why any model we see when it comes to, you know, deaths or curves or whatever, um, you know, those are the best that we got, and it's smart to pay attention to them. But, you know, even the people making those and studying those wouldn't admit to you that it's not uh, perfect, and there's a lot we don't know. So, um, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, that's that's... You know, I think that was the main, um, you know, if I've tried to set out to write a story that said, like, okay, here's when sports are going to return, it would have been a total failure because no one can, can tell you that, even even the smartest people studying the, the virus. So, um, because, again, it is like, you know, it's literally something that we've never dealt with before. It's, it's uh, a new a new virus, a new disease, and, um, you know, even even things as simple as, you know, like, can can you get it through sweat? You know, if, if two people are playing basketball, one guy sweats and the other guy, can that transmit uh, the coronavirus? Uh, there's some, you know, theories that think it's possible and likely, but I don't think we know that for sure. So um, even very basic information like that, we don't know. So once you start with, once you're sort of like, if you're building, the, you know, a, a sort of like uh, system to try to figure out when sports can be back, you're the the sort of like blocks aren't there to build that tower you know it's like we so so yeah for sure i mean even even, you know a a guy i talked to really smart used to work at the cdc now he's at the university of nebraska medical center um studies infectious diseases he said yeah i I don't have a cloudy crystal ball right now i have a black crystal ball so um right that that's the you know and and if you want to draw hope from that you know uh, i don't think there's anything wrong with that because if we don't know that means you know hey we might be surprised uh, in a good way, um, 
I would I would have to say that we haven't been surprised in a good way yet with this virus or this disease. So, um, you know, it's not quite where, where I'm at. But, um, yeah, we just got to wait and see and, and try to be smart and try to be safe. In your talks with NFL people, have you heard them talk about how all these restrictions are affecting their ability to evaluate players in preparation for the draft? Oh, uh, uh, usually so. Yeah, I mean, you know, the biggest question is, and I think you're, you know, the, the players who get hurt the most in the NFL draft are the guys who have injury risk or injury red flags, um, because those players are not able to get to NFL facilities or to have NFL doctors put hands on them and, and check them out and, and give them, you know, give me okay. I mean, the one thing that um, NFL evaluators and GMs hate the most is uncertainty, especially when it comes to health. And for guys who are dealing with, you know, lingering things from the off season or from the end of the college football season, um, that's a, that's a big problem. You know, I mean, I think that's why you see a lot of players, um, you know, to attack about Loa being the most high profile, um, being really aggressive with like social media and putting their workouts uh, out there. Not just usually that's sort of very like vain thing to do, uh, but now it's actually a really sensible thing to do because you want to prove that yeah, look, I know I, you know, banged up my knee or uh, you know dislocated my elbow in in the fall, but you know now I'm good to go. And if you want to pick me, uh, I, you know I can come in and produce right away. So that that isn't that is uh, it, it, it's had a huge effect. Um, you know all, all the restrictions on on how teams can can see these players and and also you know i mean nfl evaluators really like to get these guys in rooms and meet them and get to know them you know try to suss out their character um obviously they, they still miss but it, that's a big piece of the puzzle that's, that's not there so how much do they get to uh talk to guys you know zoom conference seems like every man zoom holy cow is everybody going to that now but uh to to get some gauge of a level. I had one NBA guy once tell me uh, a really high-profile guy flopped for one reason. He's a high draft pick, and it was immaturity. You know, we hear the male brain doesn't fully mature until, you know, you're still growing until, it's 25, until you're 25. He said, the guy just, he, he, having lunch with him, you could tell he just wasn't mature. And there was another guy there that he knew, and that guy did have the maturity. He didn't have the physical skill, but he had the maturity to make it in the league. Can they gauge stuff like that over the phone or with a video conference? Yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. I don't know if they can, and I don't know. You know, I think the NFL has even put restrictions on, like, how much you can have contact with. So it's, it's going to take a lot of, like, you know, it's almost like these um, well, the, these coaches and executives are going to almost turn into, like, reporters or detectives. You know, they're going to have to call all the people around these prospects to say like, Hey, you know, tell me, um, you know, to try to get an honest picture of, of what their, their character is like, and to, to kind of fill in those, those blanks in the background. Um, now, I mean, you know, they, they were able to do a lot of that work at the combine. Um, and you know, nobody should like, um, as far as like sympathy goes, like NFL executives, not being, um, not being able to like understand, uh, the sort of, you know, psychological depth of a, of a six round safety should be like, uh, the very, very bottom of the list of, of where we're feeling sympathy for, but it's also going to have an effect on uh, on the NFL draft for sure. So you're obviously based in Washington. It looks like the, the Washington Redskins are set on Chase Young. That, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I would be pretty shocked if it went uh, if it went any other way. Um, you know, maybe they uh, try to get cute and uh, trade back for a team that uh, wants a quarterback. But I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think it's pretty obvious that, um, you know, that Chase Young is the best player in the draft. And, you know, if you're in a position to take that player, um, 
you know, don't don't overthink it. I think I think that's where they're at. And you know, you look at like last year, what what you know, what the effect that, and I don't think the Redskins have a, have a similar roster as far as talent at all in the Forty ers But you know, you you could you can look at last year. Nick Bosa picked second overall by the Forty ers You know, the effect that can have on a franchise is almost. It's not like having a, a franchise quarterback, but it's the next best thing. You get that edge rusher. Um, it just makes your entire defense um, to- a totally different animal. And I think that's a great piece for Ron Rivera to be able to start with, to have that, that foundation. Um, it just makes everything else so much easier on that side of the ball. So um, that's what I would I, – I, I'd be stunned if it went any other way. Adam Kilgore, Washington Post, join us. Adam, I'm curious when you talk to some of the public health people, if the uh, and, and I know you're focused primarily on uh, team sports, and given that uh, you know the Washington D.C. area has uh, a team in all the major sports leagues, that makes sense. We've heard individually, you know, the PGA Tour rescheduling stuff. Tennis, you handle the same ball, so maybe there's a little more risk than there is in uh, golf. But still, as an individual sport, it seems like there's less risk. Do you hear about any of those sports? Did you get any feedback on them and what they might be able to do? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's pretty. It was, it was telling that golf came out um, with the schedule they did. I mean, I think there's there's definitely a school of thought that it's easy, you know you can pull off a golf tournament because you know there's social social distancing inherent with sport if you keep fans out. Um, you can do it safely, you know, in a lot of states, uh, you know, I, I live in Maryland, just outside DC, uh, all the golf courses actually closed down by uh, state order. Um, in Virginia, I, I could drive 30 minutes if I want to and, and get on a golf course that is open. So it's, um, you know, different states and different health officials have had different ideas about how safe golf actually is. Um, you know, there's still a lot of, a lot of issues with the golf tournament, you know, you have, uh, you know, the Masters is a limited field. You still have, 70 players, 70 caddies sharing the same eating and, uh, you know, areas and, you know, all kinds of, you know, hotels and, or whatever. You've got people coming from all over the world. That makes it more complicated if the virus is flaring in one spot and not in another. Um, you've got, you know, however many hundreds of people to lay down, you know, cable wire for television and cameramen and, uh, scorers, officials. You know, you so you, you say like, oh well, you know, you can keep your distance, but then you're talking about 500 people being in the same area. Now it's a very large area, um, but I don't think there's anywhere in the country, or there's very few places in the country where you go to like a giant park and it would be okay if you brought 500 people and stayed six feet apart. You know, that, that's what we're trying to avoid. So um, that being said, if you're going to play the Masters in November, um, you know, but then you know, it's a, the, the the universe will look entirely different than it does now. Hopefully for the better. So um, you know, I think it's. Um, it's reasonable for them to make that schedule, and I think the way they announced it was reasonable, too. I don't think they said, like, you know, full steam ahead, we're definitely doing this. It was like, here's our schedule, here's how we intend to make it work, and we'll see. Um, and that, that makes sense to me. You know, it's not uh, – as long as you're you know, not, not over-promising and not being overly optimistic and sort of sending the wrong signal, I think that um, it makes sense to, for golf to start try, try to see how uh, they, this could possibly work. But, you know, I think they got to understand that – uh, again, just because right now there's so much we don't know, nothing certain. Adam, I need me need you to do me a favor. I want you to tell Jason Reed, who's at ESPN now, that when he worked at the Post, <laughs> he was a lousy writer and he's an even worse person. Uh, Jay Reed, he's the man. He's the man. <laughs> we love that guy. I used we- to work with him a long time ago back in California, and I've oh, actually man. been exchanging texts with him. Now that we've been on the air, and he says to say hello to you. Oh, man, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. Right back at him. 
We've had him on the show, and we really can't get to any issues because they just like to light each other up. It's just basically how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that sounds like Jack. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Adam. We'll go back to the 80s. Yeah. Awesome, man. Adam, we appreciate some time. Thanks for joining us this morning to uh, talk about your story. All right, yeah, thank you, guys. Yep, stay safe. Adam Kilgore, national sports reporter for the Washington Post, on a lot of the hurdles to stand in front of team sports resuming before 2021. But even the national public health people who study this stuff aren't exactly sure what it is we're dealing with. I guess that's why it's the novel coronavirus, because it's brand new and everybody's trying to figure it out. All right, so did you come away uh, more hopeful, less hopeful, or uh, you know, just as confused as always after that? Yeah, I think that uh, the uh, most uh, latter of your points is, is confusion, uh, doubt, uh, what's uh, some other words, synonyms that could be uh, put in there, skeptical, I guess, but not not hopeless. So I, I'm not going that far. I'm not going that far on any of this stuff because, you know, you listen to stuff and I try I, I've said this I try not to get caught up during the course of the day I try to wait till the evening you know try to dip in around six o'clock or 5 30 uh, and they've got the the national news and then I go to the local news at six with you guys on channel two and see you know what's happening locally and then look at it in the evening because I've got the television on and I'm on more social media during that time. So at some points you're hopeful, then there's another report, and you drop back down. Now, you know, I thought that uh, Adam Silver, uh, they're going on with that. Great, I thought Ernie, Ernie Johnson did a great interview with him and Adam talking about what's up with that. Uh, MLB talking. Jason Reed that I just referenced, uh, he works for ESPN, and I knew him back when the Daily Breeze, and then he worked, covered the NFL, was a columnist for uh, the Washington Post, where he worked with Adam Kilgore. And we're exchanging texts now about the NBA resuming and, you know, what do we think? And, you know, I think we have a sense of hope, but what is that hope based on? Is it based on because we really want it to come back? So that's leading us to hope? Or is it a realistic hope? Uh, this this um, MLB thing that they're talking about, you know, that gives me a lot of hope. But what is it based on? Can it actually happen? Is it just a report? You know, Adam uh, Silver is talking about how these communities like Vegas, several of them have reached out to him to see about uh, are they interested in doing this, you know, one city concentration type thing. And cities have reached out to him and they've gone back and forth. Well, is that realistic or is that just talk because you have some more spare time now so you can spend time on stuff that maybe you wouldn't spend time on before because, well, hey, obviously you didn't need to. But the point being, you know, you wouldn't spend time on peripheral stuff. Now you're spending time on peripheral stuff because you have the time or is legitimate and it's not peripheral stuff. It's a realistic possibility. Those are things that I'm not sure yet. All right, we got more on this coming up. Stay with us, DJ and PK and Mike Weir, 2003 Masters champ. This is Masters Week. Mike Weir will join us coming up at 8 o'clock right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. George Niang joins us. You've got guys that are making $32 million, and then you got guys that are making minimum in the league, and their mindsets are different. Is it going to be tough to get everybody on the same page to get this season moving forward? Uh, you know, if, if you haven't noticed, Hans, uh, NBA players love their money. Let me tell you about that. <laughs> if we have a chance to play, guys are going to be playing. You know, guys don't want to see money left on the table, and I think you got to be able to, you know, stretch it out and try to do as much as you can to make sure that we play the games without, you know, interrupting, you know, people's health and disrupting lifestyles. But, you know, I think guys are really eager to play, especially, you know, when you're sitting at home. And I know guys have wives and kids that I'm sure that they love, but I'm sure they're excited to get out of the house when this all goes down. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Mike Weir, Masters champ, going to join us at the top of the hour. It's about 15, 20 minutes away. Mike Weir will be here. We just spoke with Adam Kilgore, national sports reporter for the Washington Post. Uh, he has a story that ran in the Post. It's online. Uh, you can check it out if you want. But just he started uh, thinking about what it really is the likelihood of these team sports picking back up. People would like it, but is it realistic or not? Talk to some people who work in public health and uh, nationally look at this kind of stuff, and they thought that the resumption of team sports, people should be prepared for 2021. And I think we can all see the scenarios where that's what it is. Certainly that's what it is with fans, that that, that could be the way things work out. But I think in the short run to what you were talking about before the break, PK, if baseball wants to explore Phoenix, if basketball wants to explore Las Vegas, if there's some other city that makes sense for either or both leagues, I don't think there would be so much for the, uh, for the baseball, but maybe. Um, for basketball, it seems like there might be a few more options just because of the facilities. But I think they have to go ahead and pursue that. You know, any step we get back to normal – is better than not getting that step back to normal. Now you have to decide what acceptable risk is. I think you really have to look deep. I I was uh, talking with Hans Olsen about this, and he was talking about the NBA players and how we've seen them and the condition they're in and the way they get through it. But I think the league will take uh, take into uh, consideration, well, you're going to have assistant coaches and coaches. You know, and those guys are in their 50s, their 60s. Popovich might be 70 now. Uh, Major League Baseball, probably pretty similar there. So there's other people to consider. And they're going to be careful with their brands. They're not going to want to be seen as reckless and risking people's health to go out and play games. And But if there's a safe way to do it, uh, you know, they should pursue that. Any step back to normal or anything close to normal is better than not taking it. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm not uh, Dabble Sweeney, where uh, he has zero doubt. But I do believe that there we'll see some form of uh, team sports in this calendar year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm going to be optimistic about it. And uh, I'm going to go along those lines if uh, for no other reason that there's too much money at stake. And uh, so once you get money involved... Uh, Motives change rapidly, and passion change rapidly. <laughs> you don't mess with that. So they're going to try to do everything possible, and I anticipate that it's going to return. I anticipate the NBA is going to return. I don't know that it's going to, but I'm not ruling it out. I'm not a doom and gloomer on this stuff. I, 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 re, I, ret, I retain a level of optimism. 
Ren, a uh, poll question during yesterday's show. Will you watch NBA stars playing horse from remote gyms? It's not much, but it's one step closer. It's something. And uh, Kirk tweeted at us, are we really getting that desperate? They've all been tested. No reason they aren't playing. Play all the games in Vegas. Plenty of places to put, on the te- put up the teams. We could still salvage some of the season in playoffs. Come on, NBA, get it together already. Kirk, very enthusiastic. And we just heard Adam Silva, the commissioner, in an interview uh, last night say that uh, he's not going to decide anything until May 1. Be gathering information until May 1 and then reassess where things are and then. Yeah, I think the NBA has it together. And, uh, they were the, obviously the first team and the first sport, I should say, and then everybody else uh, followed suit very, very quickly. We know how that played out. I think they have it together. I think they're doing everything possible. Uh, uh, they're not uh, sitting here thinking, oh, man, this is this is really something, man. we got to just uh, wait till this thing is over, and uh, we're not even going to think about it. No, I think they're pursuing every possible return. And if you listen to Adam Silver right at the end when uh, Ernie Johnson thanked him for coming on, and in, in Adam's closing comments, I'm going to write about this this week, he talked about how he said that uh, he wants everyone to know health and safety is the first and foremost, obviously, but they're doing everything possible to figure out ways to return. So they want to return. The fans want them to return. I mean, there's a love affair with competition. And just about everybody has some love affair with competition. And then... It determines on what your personal preference is. You know, if you're from Europe, it's probably going to be soccer, right? That's going to include some. And a lot of folks in our country include that sport. And uh, others have difference. If you're like you and me, it's virtually every sport. And Adam Silver said himself, he said that he is that way. That that's the way he grew up. He's talking about Ernie Johnson. He says, I know you love baseball. I love all the sports. I follow them all. And so then he says that we understand that sports is a big deal in our country, and it is. And for those folks who say it isn't, you are dead wrong. It is. The results don't matter that much in the long term, but the actual competition and the form of entertainment, that's the something that, you know, I don't brag on myself. In fact, I usually rip myself a lot. But I think the one thing that I've understood for a long time is that sports is a form of entertainment, and I took it for what it's worth. And we don't have that. And watching old games, yeah, they're fun occasionally, but no one's going to be looking at, oh, man, today I'm going to watch the 97 World Series or the uh, 82 Super Bowl. Nobody plans their day around that. I mean, it's just that's not where it's at. And so they all get, particularly Adam Silver, I, li- I like to hear the, him say, I'm a sports fan, man. This stuff matters to me. That is in real important and I'll have a level of importance because they're going to do all that they possibly can. And so the, the league has it together. Uh, they, have, they have it together as much as anybody because they have to have it together. They're missing games today, and not just missing games, they're missing the most crucial part of their season. 
they're the only ones, right? Baseball is missing its season, but it's not the most crucial part. Golf is missing its season in terms of this is Masters week, and that sucks because I love Masters. I mean, it's just my favorite golf tournament, and I get hyped about it. And, you know, we would have had the Tiger Woods story this year. We'll talk to Mike Weir about that. I think he won it in 2003, and he goes back. I've talked to him about it. He rents a house and goes back there and has a lot of fun and blah, blah, blah. Well, at least for them, they're planning something down the line terms of november we'll see if that plays out but basketball hey so to speak sports wise they're on the front line because they're missing the home stretch and then next week right would have been start the end of next week if i'm wrong correct me if i'm wrong but i think next week would have been the start of the postseason so this is when everybody gets hyped up about nba basketball even the casual is involved in that so don't worry about them not having it together i think they've got it together extremely well The question and the poll question is: Would you watch the uh, Would you watch the horse? And that split almost down the middle. Forty eight and a half said no. Fifty one and a half said yes. Again, I think you just file that under. You know, it's it's something. Uh, you were, by the way, you were spot on about the Jazz schedule. They would have been playing the Clippers at home tonight, which would have been Game seventy nine, and the season would have wrapped up a week from tonight. And then the playoffs would have started a week from Saturday. So yeah, right into the two most compelling months of the NBA, the playoffs, when everybody, you got the best teams, you got the biggest stars, and you got the highest stakes. Yes, and you also have where everybody's on the same schedule, so all things are equal travel-wise because the travel schedule in the league is brutal. Well, you don't have to worry about that in the postseason team versus team you're on the exact same thing and guys have been able to give in as long as they're healthy can give their best efforts oh yeah i mean my gosh i've been watching there's never been a year i didn't watch the nba playoffs i probably watched the nba playoffs when i was so young i didn't even know i was watching the nba playoffs <laughs> you know i tell a, a story game, right yeah. <laughs> yeah and i didn't understand the ramifications i tell a story at being very very young and being being able to go to Madison Square Garden to see the Lakers and the Knicks. And I went, I was friends with the mayor's son, and the mayor's son wanted to run around Madison Square Garden. And I said, no, I'm sitting right here in my seat, man. You see who's over there? You see that guy, Will Chamberlain? You see that other guy, Jerry West? I mean, I couldn't have been eight years old. And I understood the magnitude of this stuff. I mean, obviously, I'm a sports geek. This is what I'm doing here for a job. And so I loved it. And I love it today. And I'm going to miss it next week when it doesn't start. And I passionately hope that it, desperately hope that it comes back. And I'm going to hold out hope that we're going to have some form. And it's not going to be the same. But this year, it's not going to be matter. It's not going to matter to me. You know, I was ticked off when it was a lockout shortened season and all that stuff. Because in my mind, it seems so stupid. What are you, you guys are you're all making tons of money and you're fighting over money. And I, I didn't get into that. So I purposely avoided following all that stuff. So I didn't have to worry about taking sides. It's like I am with politics. I don't take sides because I'm not into it. Uh, but here, if they come back and have some concocted postseason that we've never seen before, I'm totally fine with it because the circumstances dictated it, and obviously it was far beyond their control. And if they play horse, I'm going to watch that because it's going to be goofy. It's going to be fun. It's a form of entertainment. Yes, it's not going to be the highest level, but so what? It's going to be entertainment. And I think all of us are starved for entertainment, whether that's going down to the megaplex or going to the high school or going to the play or whatever it might be. Any form of entertainment 
we're all starved for. And I freaking want my sports. And when they tell us that they deem it safe to have it come back, that's going to be a great day in our lives. Patrick isn't buying it. Scary part, and I bet I'm not the only one. The longer we go without sports, the less I care. Especially that's not true. the NBA. I, I, think nope. people, I think people are going to flock back to it. Not only nope. the hardcore sports fans who really miss it, but I think a lot of the casual fans, it's going to be a sign of a return to normal. And I think people are going to embrace that. See, the, 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 when you say the longer it goes, the less you care, I don't think that's true. I think that what you realize is the longer it goes, the longer you can adapt to having to live without it. It, it would be like, uh, this is going to be an extreme, I probably shouldn't do it, but it's live radio and I say stupid stuff all the time. It, 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 it would be like a, a, a death in the family, you know. You don't get over it, but the longer it goes, the more you adapt to not having that person. And I cringe even saying that. So if that's offensive to anybody, I apologize. But I'm trying to think of an example to put that in. Uh, you know, your neighbors say, 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 forget the death. Yet you're real tight for your neighbor with your neighbors. But Joey got a job transfer that required him to go to Boise, whatever, and. So you miss them. You miss going out on the back porch and hanging with them on summer nights. But they had to leave because he got a better job offer, she got a better job offer, whatever it is. And you adapt to living without it. But, man, you'd much rather have them back and have them be your neighbor so you can spend 45 summer nights just shooting the breeze in the beautiful weather until 10 o'clock. Does that make sense? Because that's the way I think with sports. Yeah, are. I think of you when can, college roommates... You can adapt roommates, without it. Right. Go ahead. Living in Santa Barbara was a great time, and the college roommates peeled away for jobs, and it sucked every time they left, but yeah. I adapted to the new normal every time. Right. The difference right. is, at some point, whether it's uh, you know in October, or if they have to push the season back and it's in December, or if it's part of the next season and they don't start it until next April, or I don't know, whatever it plans out to be, when Donovan Mitchell is out playing basketball, 18,000 people are going to show up. I mean, that's, you know, that's a no-brainer to me. I don't think people are going to go, oh, yeah, I don't really care about the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell anymore. You know? Yeah, and that's and in LA, a sliver. Yeah, in L.A., they're going to show up to see LeBron. They're going to show up to see the Dodgers. Uh, you know, it, it's just going to go on. People are going to show up to watch the Knicks suck. They're going to continue to suck, but, hey, it's something to do, not, and it's Madison Spike Square Lee. Garden. He's not coming back. Okay. Maybe Spike, because he's got a beef with the owner. <laughs> but there will still be people there. You've got to go in door number uh, one instead of door number two. Did you hear Adam Silver last night saying that 99% of NBA fans never go into an arena? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I thought the TV is how people get their sports experience. I mean, you and I go to a lot of games. We have press passes we don't have to pay. And we still watch way more games on TV than we see in person. And we not only get to go for free, in a lot of cases we have to go for free. But still, as much as you love college football, you watch more college football games on TV than you watch in person. And we're not paying. We're on press passes. So, yeah, I, I, get, I get what he says. I mean, there's season ticket holders out there, but we talk to season ticket holders, and they routinely split their tickets. They routinely sell off a game here or a game there, or hook neighbors up or coworkers or whatever. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of time. 
And I'm looking forward to it. Our show is going to be one of positive. I'm not going to go the doom and gloom on this. I don't think people are going to listen to us to say, man, this sucks and you got no shot. You're Of all people, you're the one who told me that. <laughs> We've got to keep it upbeat. And so I am not going to let this thing get me down. I believe it's going to come back and it's going to be great. And I look forward to that day, whenever that day is. And when I say it, it's really them. Because uh, one follows another, follows another, and all that stuff, whatever it may be, I'm excited for the days ahead to have it return. It's going to return. Dave, just like you tell me every night on Channel 2, you know how we're going to get through this? Together. There it is. I, I do think we need to be upbeat. I also think we need to not spray unrealistic sunshine around. I will never forget. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Had to keep it G-rated. Yak looked at me. <laughs> well, you know what else can be sprayed around Yak, but we can't go there. That's so what I do. Sunshine. But, no, uh, no, I do the other stuff. Oh, you do the other stuff, yeah. Well, might have done it a time or two myself. But uh, I will never forget being talked down to by some San Diego radio hosts who were telling me, yeah, the Chargers could win the Super Bowl one year. And it wasn't when they had LaDainian Tomlinson and they were really good. It was when they're in the midst of some, you know, 4-12, and 6-10 and 10 nightmares. Like, no, they're not. If everything goes right, they're going to be 500. Don't, don't tell me stuff that isn't possibly true. So we're not going to just make stuff up out of thin air to be positive. You've got to be realistic. can't insult your... Uh, you can't insult the uh, intelligence of your listeners, uh, but you're right. You don't have to be doom and gloom all the time either because uh, I don't think doom and gloom is the way it's going to play out. Really intrigued to talk with Mike Weir, uh, not only Masters Memories, but his thoughts on how safe he might feel if he were the guy who were out there and, you know, he wanted to play on the senior tour. We haven't heard anything about that. I think that's on the back shelf. We can talk about that. But he's played in U.S. Opens. He's played in Masters as they reschedule these events. What are the hurdles they have to overcome in his mind? We'll talk with him about that next. Stay with us.